welcome back to our weekend's booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this is episode six, where we discuss Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey. And Tessa Bailey, we have read some of her books, but this is the first time we're talking about her. So I'll give you guys a little bit of author information. She is an American romance author. She attended Kingsborough Community College and studied English at Pace University. She's a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author. And she's also, in my opinion, queen of romantic fiction sprinkled with the perfect amount of all the spice. Yeah, she quickly has become like one of our favorite authors. Now, her writing is definitely different because obviously we focus like on fantasy a lot and her books are not fantasy, but they're really they're like so cute, right? It's like a palate cleanser. Yeah, exactly. So back in the summertime, we were listening to It Happened One Summer, and then we followed that up with Hook, Line, and Sinker, which was kind of like our introduction to Tessa Bailey. And they were like perfect summer reads, kind of took place like in um, a town that was like set, you know, on the oceanfront. And of course, they were like summer romance reads, basically. Yeah, and I'm not really like a rom-com girly, but I'm kind of becoming a little bit of one secretly because the last couple of books we've read have been so cute. Like we we wanted, since it is December and it's getting close to Christmas, we wanted to do Christmas reads. So Brielle found Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey, which is the book we're ta- going to talk about today. And I loved it. And then I was like, okay, what else can we read? <laughs> I know I'm all in the Christmas spirit. I got my Christmas pajama pants on and my house is all decorated. And it's like one of my favorite things now is to like take a break from the fantasy and, you know, sit down with like a good Christmas book, have the Hallmark movies playing in the background. And this like definitely fit the bill. So um, Wreck the Halls is basically about two characters who have only met once. And then, what is it, like, 16 years later, they meet again. But they are, like, connected by their mothers. The thing I love about this book, and I'm not sure, I know that, like, the plot of this book takes place around Christmas time. I don't know that I would classify this as, like, a Christmas book. I mean, it is, It's and it's marketed like that. But the plot itself, like, Christmas isn't really mentioned too much, except for that's when they're, like, trying to get their moms to reunite or whatever. But the thing I loved about this book was there were so many different dynamics between different characters going on. But everything kind of went together flawlessly because you had the two kids, Beat and Melody, which... The names are weird, but so cute. No, it's cute. It's cute because their their mothers are like famous singers. So Beat and Melody, Beat's the guy, Melody's the girl. I think it's cute. It was just a little cheesy for me, but it's fine. Like I love them as characters, but you have their characters. You have the two moms. You have the dynamic between like Beat and like his his parents and like his biological dad, and then you have Melody and her mom's relationship, and they're all like crazy all over the place. But somehow everything meshed so well together and each character in its own right was developed pretty well, I thought. Yeah, I think Tessa Bailey definitely has a knack for like character development. She like can create these like really cute, lovable, relatable characters. You know, you either want them to be your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your best friend or like in this case, like even your parents, because like one of the moms in this book is like extremely over the top and the other one is kind of like a kind of hippie-ish. 
So like everybody kind of can find something that they like about her characters. And we really came across that in her other two books that we've read as well, because like, I mean, I fell in love with those characters too. Oh yeah. The easily. I, d- I mean, I loved this book, but the characters from It Happened One Summer loved every single one. Yeah. And those two books go together. This one is like a standalone um, as far as we know. Yeah. I mean, she could definitely, there's definitely plenty of plot points that she could expand into like another like book for this series. Maybe we'll get a different one next year and it'll be like a holiday release every year, like the continuation of their story. But what I thought was so funny. So like, obviously you mentioned that the moms played in a band together. So the kids automatically had like this connection and I was like, oh, they're going to fall in love. And I'm not going to lie. At one point I was worried because we find out that both the moms slept with the old drummer and they were both pregnant. So like for a second, my heart stopped and I was like, please don't tell me that these characters at this point have already had sex in this book. And you about tell me they brother and sister. I will throw up. (laughs) So I was so. You're not the only one. You're definitely not the only one that thought something like that because the thought crossed my mind. I, I kept like panicking like silently, like, oh my God, what? What if they have like the same dad or you know, they don't even know who, like, the the real dad is, and maybe, yeah, like, all these crazy thoughts were going through my head, but I was like, Tessa, really, please don't do this to me. I'm not gonna lie. I was scared. I was scared for a good minute, because everyone kept saying, like, oh, even when your moms were pregnant, like, we all just knew that you would be connected forever, and I'm like, hmm. Yeah. And then, and, <laughs> and, and then they meet when they're like 16 right they meet for this one interview about their mothers and they have like this instant connection like they've known each other for the whole lives and this is the first time they've ever met because their moms have been like estranged since they were pregnant with them because they had a falling out over this stupid dude and i was like no no <laughs> like you could i feel like in real life you would have more of a connection with someone that you're like actually related to than like some stranger off the street. So like, and, and there was like so many times people were talking about it and I was like, ain't no way, ain't no way. So thank God, Tessa Bailey, thank you for not doing that. They are not related. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) The story can continue. No. And I, I also liked how they were like opposites, right? So you said that they met when they were like 16 years old or 15, however old they were. And they had this like instant connection because of who their their moms were. So at this point in time, the band has been broken up since before they were born. But you have to think of it as like Fleetwood Mac-ish, right? Like mm-hmm. that level of popularity. And all of these years later, the fans like want a reunion. So when they're like 15 or 16 years old, they meet for the first time. And like Beat is like living the lifestyle everybody loves him he's like you know um like musical prince royalty whatever his mother's still worshipped and then you have melody who like grew up on the like complete opposite side of the tracks where she was like scrutinized for everything that she did every haircut she got every pimple that she got and beat realizes that like he knows that like he's witnessed all that so he like kind of like feels like he has to protect her and they even exchange numbers like when they're so young and he's like if you ever need me call me 
And like, you know, she does the same and they never use that. So like all of these years later, it's like fate that brings them back together. I mean, I definitely wouldn't say like spot on. I felt like Beat was an extrovert and Melanie was an introvert. Yeah, but she really did come out of her shell by the end of this. And I think that that is very like instrumental in us saying that Tessa Bailey creates like well-rounded characters. Well, because I think it was like a complete 360, right? Because when she was young, you're right. And I, and I do feel like even now that's still true, like female celebrities are much more scrutinized than males, which is whatever, besides the point. And it was very apparent in this book that that was the case. But when Melody is older, she's kind of coming to her own. And I feel like she kind of was like, this is me, take me as I am. If not, go screw yourself. And by the end of the book, like, everyone fell in love with her because of how genuine she was. Yeah, so if you're, like, kind of wondering, like, you know, how they got back together, um, television producer has this, like, grand idea that they're going to do basically, like, a reality-type show on Beat and Melody getting their moms to agree to a reunion tour that takes place, or, like, a reunion song or whatever that takes place on Christmas Eve. So they have to work together and they're like filmed 24 seven. They have, they're mic'd up all the time. And, you know, the, the fans are first focused on getting the band back together. And then they realize like there is a blossoming romance unfolding in front of us. And they're getting to like, understand like beat and melody who are each like separate characters, but now you have them like coming together, working together and they're each facing like a bunch of like hurdles to get their parents back together and to like come full circle to who they are. Can we just talk about the attic scene for a moment? Oh, the attic scene. <laughs> that was intense. It was. It was. And I really liked how like it kept like being brought up like what really happened in the attic. <laughs> You know what, it, it really honestly though, like Beat's whole like sexual thing gave me like Fifty Shades of Grey vibes, like very much like sign this non-disclosure before anything goes further because I don't want you telling everybody that I'm a weirdo. And yeah, that was weird and I kept trying to guess like what it was because he mentioned it several times and he, you know, the first couple times you don't really think much about it. But then I was like, I started to get like that creepy feeling again, like, oh my God, what does he like tie people up in his bedroom? Like what is going on? And you know, it's really, I mean, it turned out to be, like, something major, but, like, not super major. It's just weird. I mean, do you? You know what I mean? But. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, okay. It kind of, that whole thing. Okay. So, you know, in Bridgerton, the first season where her and, like, the prince get together and he's like, I can never have children, blah, blah, blah. And she just thinks that it's because he's, like, sterile and can't have children. But really, it's because he won't, you know, skirt, skirt up in her. And yeah. then she finds out that that's, like, how it really works. It's kind <laughs> of, like, the same thing. Like, he, I don't know. I don't know. That was, that, that was a little much for me. That part was a little much. Well, he, <laughs> he wanted to, like, punish himself because... He, he found like he okay so he went to <laughs> camp one time when he was little I can't. he he meets all these other kids who have like these real lives you know they do chores and their parents ground them 
And like, he never had to deal with that. And he realized like he was riding easy, easy street. So as he got older and like, you know, got to experience like all this, like, you know, sexual stuff, he like was punishing himself. He felt like he was, he was like dessert, like he didn't deserve everything that he was given. So he didn't let himself be fulfilled, I guess, when he was with partners. That's such a tasteful way to say it. It's such a tasteful way. And I mean, I'm not really sure that there's any man out there that's like that, but, you know, Beat Dawkins is. So, you know, and he's a real sweetheart. I mean, it's, I don't know. I I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about that part. It was a little much for me. Um, but like I said, do you, do you? I think it's just different. Right. And I mean, I think it was interesting. I don't, I don't think I've ever read anything like that, you know? So no, that's definitely a first, definitely a first, yeah, definitely a first, you know, I thought it was interesting and, but I, I just think it just proves like how different him and her were because here he is like doing it all the time, but like, you know, not getting any satisfaction from it. And she's like never doing it at all because she's afraid to like even step into the public eye because they'll like scrutinize her for every little move that she makes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and it does show, you know, it is a part of the character of who he is as a person because, you know, he also holds back emotionally as well. So like he doesn't really let people in. You know, and, and I think that they talk about, she talks, like, Tessa Bailey describes that through his relationships with his friends. And even the one guy that's supposed to be, like, his best friend. Like, when all this stuff starts unfolding, I think he says something to him at one point, like, oh, well, I thought I knew who you were until now. And now I know who you really are. And they've been friends for, like, years. Yeah. It was kind of like, this was kind of like his acceptance story, right? He was accepting who he really was, like, flaws and all. and you know, other side of the coin, it was like Melody's coming out story. And that's a good way to put it. Yeah, like he helped her get there and she helped him get there. So it it kind of just like, you know, meshed together well because they were so different, but at the same time they were like very similar. They were like two sides of the same coin. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. And I loved their love story. Yes, it was a little cheesy. And yes, there was some hot and heavy weird stuff. But <laughs> overall, I think, like, the simplicity of the story, like, when you dissect it down to just, like, the bare minimum, was the cutest thing ever. Like, they were always connected since they were kids. And that bond between them actually brought their moms back together, which no one thought would ever happen. No. They were like, when hell freezes uh, over. His, Beat's mom's name was Octavia, and she... Like, she stayed in the public eye all these years, you know. Made, it was, like, through, like, charities and stuff, right? Yeah. You know, singing for money, like, you know, to raise money for charities. Because they actually had a charity together, like, her and Beat. It was, like, Which a family. I love that. Yeah. And so she kind of, like, stayed in the public eye. And then Melody's mom, Trina. She like, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Went off the grid. Was, like, people were saying that she was, like, a cult leader. And, like... Really realistically, like, how many musicians do you, like, you know, not know personally, but, like, have you, like, read about that, like, do similar things like that? So it was, like, completely believable, everything that she was writing. 
Yeah, I just loved this story. It was super cute. There was, I felt like there was the perfect amount of spice in there to where you were like, you know, that little where you're like giddy and you're like holding your hand over your mouth and like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't too much, you know, it wasn't like every other page. There was a few, like maybe three scenes in the whole entire book that were like that. So I, I, I just think that it tied together, like, like you said earlier, both of them kind of coming into their own, them falling in love, like the family dynamics, like there were so many layers that you wouldn't even, I guess because we dissect the books that we read, we notice things like that. But I feel like if you were just like reading it for enjoyment and you put it away and you never think about it again, unless you're like, oh, that was just such a cute, cute little book. Like it was great either way. Yeah. And it was, it was a little bit slow in the beginning. I was like, oh boy, because I picked it. So, you know, I always feel bad, like, oh man, I messed up. But I completely, like, it like completely turned around for me. It really picked up, like the story all came together. Everything made sense. You know, you're like falling in love with both of these characters. And like, if you took out the, the smutty, spicy stuff, this would be like the Hallmark movie of the season. Yeah, I think that... I think that I actually told you that. I was like, I think this was like Hallmark movie meets, you know, a little erotica. But, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Why not? Everyone needs a little sunshine in their life. <laughs> and you, we were talking earlier about, like, how the other two books that we read, like, went together. So in this book, I can see Danielle and was his name Joe, the cameraman, mm-hmm. having a spinoff. I would love that. Because you never really got to know their backstory. Like, we know that there's, like, sexual tension there. We know that they've been together and they're not anymore. But we don't, like, get all the details. Yeah, but, like, are they not? Because I feel like whenever somebody's not looking, they find them in, like, a dark corner somewhere. Yeah, but I think that there was just, like, something happened that they couldn't be, like, exclusive, you know? And I, Tessa Bailey, can you write that book for me, please? (laughs) <laughs> maybe that'll be the next installment in the wreck the halls yeah I'll, i'd be down for it highly i like i recommend this book to anybody who like you said great palate cleanser kind of gets you in that holiday spirit i mean the title gives it away the cover art is like christmas all the way is christmas like really in there no it just takes a place like around christmas time you do have that like really cute snowball fight scene which you know puts me in like the mood for like winter activities so which we don't get to do because we live in the south yeah we just had tornadoes last night (laughs) isn't that crazy yeah i know i do miss the snow so i think that's another reason why i like reading these books because i like to read about you know the 12 feet of snow that was dumped on christmas eve and it's a beautiful white christmas and we're going ice skating on the frozen lake I, that is one thing I really miss from being up in Pennsylvania because I remember when it was this time of year and we would already be like snowed in and you literally had to like dig out the front window just like we'd have to send my sister out because she was the littlest and so we could get to the front door and then like you didn't have school so all the kids came outside and we built like igloos and snowmen and like you just had the best time ever and yeah. down here you don't you get a work. Christmas and we get an ice we get an ice Christmas if anything ice so then you can't go anywhere no yeah no there's no driving down here that's for sure if we get any kind of like wintry substance yeah no but this definitely did put me in the christmas sphere and 
you know, we have a, we have a fireplace, you know that. So I love nothing more, especially during this time of season, lighting the fireplace, having all the lights off except my Christmas tree. And I have a book light, obviously, so I can see and just like reading my book. It's like so peaceful and you can have like Christmas music on in the background or Hallmark movies or whatever. And it just feels great. So if anyone is trying to get into the holiday spirit and you like a little, little bit of spice sprinkled in there, definitely suggest Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey. It was great. I think I gave it four or five stars because I did love it. I mean, it did start off slow, but it definitely redeemed itself. Yeah, I did too. I think I gave it four stars. Highly recommend it. Really anything by Tessa Bailey. I, I actually have another book that just got delivered on the Kindle. So we'll have yeah, to add that. The same time next year. Yes, so we'll have to add that to the TBR. Looking forward to that as well. All right, guys. Well, that wraps up Season 2, Episode 6. As always, if you liked what you heard, give us a rating on whatever podcast outlet you listen to. And check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore booked podcast. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time.